because I used to do it in the English mold where you had to have sort of like this theme and this story and, you know, the, the more, if you could make people cry in it as well, that would be, a, that you know, that would win your awards. <laughs> if, if I could go back to that 14 and a half year old and say what I'm up to now and and say that I'm t- chatting to you and get, saying that I'm going to have a, a second American comedy album going to be launched, you yeah. know, in June and um, wife and kids and, you know, being able to support my family through comedy and making jokes and stuff and, um, and still working hard, still, you know, uh, being, being true to yourself and stuff. And that would be a, such a, I think that that kid would have really needed that <laughs> at 14 and a half, especially after that first joke when it didn't land. <laughs> so this is, this is the part of the conversation we're having where there's tears and that then wins an award. Is that how the prize works? That's the, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. That's what I, that's what I need to put in my festival show. <laughs> Hey, kia ora team. Today's episode is brought to you by Mr. Vintage. Mr. Vintage is New Zealand's most iconic t-shirt brand. Doesn't matter if it's a local pop cultural phenomenon, a sporting event, or even a New Zealand personality, there's every chance that Mr. Vintage has made a t-shirt for them and some product for it. Kiwi owned since 2004, selling Kiwiana t-shirts and gifts online. There's even a range of king sizes for us bigger fellas. Today, Mr. Vintage and us want to give you an extra special special. How about 20% off any men's t-shirt? All you need to do is go to mrvintage.co.nz in the checkout, use the promo code FUNNY, F-U-N-N-Y, and you will get 20% off any men's t-shirt. Head to mrvintage.co.nz, enter the promo code FUNNY at checkout, for 20% off any men's t-shirt. G'day, Nick. Hey, Pat. How you doing, mate? I'm doing very well. I'm looking to get a bit of a lesson from you in podcasting today. You're a multi-gold winning award (laughs) podcaster that you are and trying to figure out what this whole world is all about. But no, really, we're here to talk comedy. So thanks for jumping in and thanks for having a chat with me about comedy today. No worries. Uh, Thanks for having me on. Thanks for inviting me. No, I'm excited. I'm excited. Um... The last time I talked to you in a, in a capacity of a podcast, you were just about mm. to release On Trend. And I remember doing the podcast with you mm. and I went and pre-bought it whilst we were doing the podcast of iTunes. Oh, yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. How did that mm. How did that end up going for you? Like, like what was the, 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 the payoff? For people who don't know, we're talking about a, basically an, an audio stand-up album, but on iTunes. Um, mm. much like we used to mm. get in the 80s and 90s. Not a video content, but it was an audio one. How did that end up yeah. going? How did that work for you? Yeah, it was good. I um, So it was, it was January 2021, I think, that I recorded it, and then I released it in May, and um, okay. it went it went really well. It, so it got to number four on all albums sold on iTunes. So... Um, I'll, I'll try and send you the photograph actually I, I, or the screenshot I took. I think I was, I think I was number four and then, uh, Bob Marley's greatest hits was number three or something like that. <laughs> and it was, and it was so surreal. And it was like the, uh, the, uh, the black keys I think were, 
fourth or uh, fifth and or number one or, or something like that I'll, I'll send you the i'll try and send you the screenshot because it's pretty um it's pretty it was pretty surreal to to get that i mean yeah, wow. you can take that two or three ways that um that it was a success um or you can take it in another way that nobody buys albums anymore of <laughs> itunes and so yeah. uh the, the numbers are a little bit uh a bit skewed that's a very good question because i don't even think apple itunes is apple itunes anymore i don't i don't I use it i use apple podcasts and i use mm. spotify for music mm-hmm. and stuff but forgive me for my ignorance but i don't even think it's itunes anymore i think itunes is where you go to buy fucking ringtones but i don't know about playing albums and stuff or music through yeah. itunes i think is it changed to apple radio or apple something or other else or radio apple or something like that and you have subscriptions yeah, so apple now music. you don't buy albums yeah apple music that's right apple music yeah so it's on apple music so and but it's weird though because the itunes charts are like or like the apple charts are like the the chart to to get on for sure yeah um that's what the that's what the comedy dynamics people were saying anyway um but yeah it went really well like so financially and stuff it was it was it was good uh it's i I can't retire but um (laughs) it was it yeah it, 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 it it more than um paid for the special and um and a bit more which was fantastic cool. and um but the the gene well the good thing about the deal which I, is kind of what i i did why i did it in the first place which was to launch myself in america um mm-hmm. without actually having to go there uh so at the time we were in quarantine and lockdowns and all yeah, that kind right. of stuff would just come out of it um and then i think uh, that was 2021. So then we were, yeah, I think then Auckland still had another like night. Uh, I think we had 108 days. We were sort of locked away and locked down in that kind of situation towards the end of the year. But um, so, yeah, it was a really great uh, way for me to get into America um, yeah, without, without being able to travel. Um, and they were pretty relaxed with me being able to record it in in uh, Mapua and Nelson of all places, and um, cool. but that I don't think before that they would have been able to do that, or they would have been they wouldn't have been so relaxed on that, and so yeah. but because it went really well and they were really happy with the outcome and the um and and the product, they have I've re, I've literally just um, been off the email with them I think last week or two weeks ago, um, and they want to do another one, so oh, um, so it's good, so yeah, so I'm going to record it. Um, one and I think oh, June 9th and June 10th are the dates that are that I'm going to be recording the new hour and um, so yeah so that it was it went really well it got played all across uh, this play uh, this channel called Laugh USA which is like on mm-hmm. Sirius XM so digital radio um, is huge in America and, and the UK and they have like dedicated comedy channels and so my one was on Life USA and there's a couple other channels that it goes on it's on Pandora and all sorts of other other channels and stuff and then so what happens is whenever it gets played on Sirius XM it works out like a um it works out like a a radio play so um for example you know LAB or 660 or whatever if they get if they get played out on ZM or you know whatever radio station they there's like a code that goes onto their little track and whenever that gets done um once a month or i think once every two weeks or whatever the radio station logs that code or says hey we played that song and then they will get xyz amount of dollars uh per play and so um my i've got two tracks that are doing quite well and they are on 
uh, I don't even know what the, the terminology is, but it's kind of like soft rotation or whatever. So Rotate, it's not like yeah. a, it's not like a, yeah, it's not like a hit. It's not like a, um, you know, it's not, it, it's not a, a Harry Styles type, you know, you're getting played every second or third hour. Yeah, but I, I get on, the, on a million radio little... stations, Harry Styles. That's the other thing. It's every single yeah, thing on, on a million yeah. radio stations. Exactly across the world, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So I'm on probably but about so, three so, or four. So I'm clear. So so you're it's a it's a it's a clip. It's like you, you know we get, you buy a comedy album. There's twelve tracks, like in a so it's not the whole album. It's like track two and whatever that track two mm. bit was. That's the bit mm. that's getting played. You've got a couple of those that's getting quite good rotation around the place. Yeah, absolutely. So I think cool. it's, um, I think on my album, it's called John Lennon quotes. And then there's another one. I can't remember, uh, but there's just basically there's there's two that are like, they just keep playing it. And so I get a, um, a spreadsheet of, um, how many times I've played it. And I think if you go into Sirius XM, I think it's called XM playlist or whatever, you can actually see what time they play it. And so sometimes I'll play it at six o'clock in the morning. Sometimes I'll play it like 4 p.m. Sometimes I'll play it like 7 to 2, 7.02 p.m. And, but it's probably, I'll probably get played maybe two or three times a week um, just a, across, you know, Laugh USA. Um, and yeah, and other, and other tracks get played, but they're not as frequent. And, um, and so they must have just different frequencies of rotation. And so, yeah, so the two nice. tracks that, are, you know, and I get a, I get a check in them. Well, a check, I get um, money in my account every month a check in the mail. Uh, from, from the thing, <laughs> a check in the mail. And, uh, and it's, again, I, I can't retire off it, but it's, it's, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it's good. You know, it's, it's, it's passive income on an album that, for me is done and gone and so you know i'll i'll bring out some of those jokes for like corporate events or some you know greatest hits like or, or some tough tough club you know cl club shows and stuff but other than that those jokes are, uh, are sort of are done and retired but and to be able to get paid money from that is fantastic and so this new album yeah, will be a, a similar deal um where so in my mind if i can get another three or four tracks on there then that i mean that just adds to the to the money coming in and it's kind of like you know all you need is one hit you need just you need that one hit wonder that kind of um that 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 people resonate with and um yeah and and that sort of explodes you to the next level but off the Very back cool. of that i managed to get um this thing called the dry bar a dry bar special so what that means is um if you if you google dry bar it's basically um clean comedy uh it's right. like clean comedy it's like their, their whole their whole ethos is um laughter for everyone so you know 11 year olds can watch it and 9 year olds can watch it and drive our comedy they do um uh they've got like 7.8 million followers on facebook and about two point something million on youtube and um and they just yeah they just churn out yeah loads of oh so you all got the website up there so yeah. yeah they've got loads of different ones but on the facebook um on the facebook uh, side of it they um they do really um yeah so the, the like the, the app's just up there dry bar comedy and it's a whole it's a whole beast it's a whole beast and um i get re i'll get revenue from that but i recorded it in october last year and that'll be out later i think maybe even later this year or maybe even 2024 um so that's a whole and, new that's um, a whole new set that's that that's not on trend that's yeah. something completely new 
that's a half hour special that will have like maybe 10 or 11 or 12 minutes of the on-trend stuff and about 18 minutes of new stuff and um yeah and then this new hour that i'm going to be doing will probably have sort of maybe yeah i'd say maybe that whatever i did on the um the dry bar comedy maybe sort of 12 15 minutes of that and then the rest 45 minutes of all new stuff so yeah so it's um so yeah and then a very long wind away it was a it was it was, <laughs> it was a success but in a way that it was um it's a building it's a never like you never win at comedy you just um you just keep going and uh and and that's it <laughs> wow that's a depressing thought. You never win at comedy. So no, no, so no one wins. At, Richard Pryor never won at comedy. Uh true. Yeah, that's very true. There are people that win, but in terms of me, the journey, the journeyman, <laughs> uh, the person who has to, you know, doesn't really, um, for whatever reason, get you know a lot of TV stuff or a lot of. Um, uh industry recognition i guess um yeah. not so much recognition because that's i have i've had industry recognition but um yeah just for whatever reason um uh haven't quite um you know uh not not quite filling out the arenas quite yet but working towards it you do seem to be one of the few New Zealand comedians who are sort of doing comedy like it's always been done when it comes to content. Like I think about the Ursula Carlson's, mm. the Netflix specials and that kind of stuff, but I don't know if there's mm. many, if any, as Scribe once said, people, mm. well, I, I got to be careful because I'm sure there are, but it doesn't feel like mm. there's many kind of focusing on that, making albums and putting them out. Like it seems like what you've done with On Trend is made an album and put it out and that's given you another opportunity to make an, another album and that doesn't seem to be like, I often talk to comedians, right, who, who do this or, or, or in, other, in other parts of my life and I go, but it's not that expensive this day to put up three cameras when you're doing your set at the comedy festival, then you've got content and, and a lot of them are just like, yeah, I just don't think, I, just, I don't want to, you know, I'm just like, I don't get it. It seems like the international model, like the, especially in America, is they tour for a year, then they record it, then it's the special. You seem to be one of the few in New Zealand who, even if it's not quite as black and white as I'm portraying it, seem to be following that ethos mm. a little bit. Yeah, and it came by accident. It came from COVID because I, I didn't, I wasn't going on this path because I think last time we spoke, I I got my big break. I was I was I was going to Australia. I got two year deal on Australian com, um, TV. Right. Uh, doing a comedy sports show and then because of COVID it, it fell over so I had to I had to um, even though it absolutely <clears throat> um, it floored me in terms of you know you know that this was the break um, monetary and also kudos as well um, but then uh, yeah just this American thing came up and then it sort of changed my way that I look at, at doing specials now because I used to do it in the English mold where you had to have sort of like this theme and this story and, you know, the, the more, if you could make people cry in it as well, that would be, you know, that would be your awards. And, um, but now, but in America, but in America, it's like, um, it's different. It's a different method. They, they speak, they, they talk in bits, they talk in tracks, they talk in minutes, they talk in like late show appearances. They talk in like, you know, for us, it's like gala sets, um, would be the most equivalent situation of, of doing a, a late night talk show or whatever. Um, yeah. 
And so, yeah, so I've sort of only, it's only in the last two years or yeah, since 2021 where I've, I've actually, you know, made the album and, and seen how, where it can go. Um, and then it just gives me a purpose to write now every year. I used to, I, I, I sat on that hour for like 13, 14 years. I sort of did the Seinfeld wow. method of just going, well, I can just work on us and, you know, I can work. Um, but then I was like, okay. And I, and I still did other hours, but. Um, I would just sort of cherry pick the, you know, the five, six, seven, eight minutes out of that each hour to make it as strong, the, the strongest hour I could. Um, but then com like sets are kind of like a little, well, a lot like fruit and that it, they, they have a, a ripening period and then they sort of rot horrendously in the in a bowl some worse than others um but um so it, it, for me it was a time to um yeah it, it gives me a purpose so the people like Ursula and stuff who saw the Melbourne situation and so every year they were going it, and then she purposefully went there and it was a long-term goal Guy Montgomery's doing the same thing where every year he would go and you know get bigger and bigger each time and it sort of made him and her go and and write continuously so they always yeah. had new material but because i wasn't doing that it, it's kind of you know it was just it was it was and i was also getting a lot of tv writing and i was doing a bit, bits of appearances here and there and I was, I was getting some stuff in australia and stuff so i guess you know um uh, that's that's all i would say is that it's not necessarily everyone's doing it but so you know and i'd listen i'd love to have been um handpicked to you know um present all of the different tv shows or be you know the main uh main character on all the different um panel shows and stuff but uh it didn't work out that way so then you just go okay well now what are you gonna do and so for me i have to find my own hole in the ice and at, at the moment it looks like that overseas is is the is what's what's giving me the most recognition and the most um kudos and and sort of working towards it and so yeah so america is is going well and um it's it's going well and uh, my my next so i've also done a deal with next up comedy which is in the uk okay. so they've got my on, on trend um album and they just messaged me uh last week just to say that they're doing a deal with america and canada for just for laughs so it'll go on their just for laughs channels and stuff and so i wow, should be able to get a, cut, cool. a little bit of a cut of that again it won't be huge but it's passive income so it, it works well you just said something quite interesting you, you kind of referenced what i was going to say that the idea of preparing for something seems to make sense to me i mean like if you were a golfer and the masters were coming up you'd probably prepare yourself specifically for that event and you might work a bit harder on your preparation so preparing for melbourne or preparing for it sort of seems yeah. similar that that's what people do just naturally if they've got something big coming up so it kind of makes sense but i was just gonna say you you kind of sort of describe yourself as you'd like to do or be everything like you'd like to be on the panel shows or you'd like to host whatever and it, it prompts mm. me to one of the questions i ask all my comedians is who are you what are you at your core mm. i mean if i mean mm. um michelle acourt said it perfectly which was like what do you write when you're going into a another country on the entry form like if you were to pick out one thing that you are is it presenter i mean you've had a stack load of awards for emceeing work mm. is it a presenter is it MC? is it a stand-up comedy is it a, a, a entertainer like how would you define yourself when it comes to who, who you are at your core as mm. a writer yeah no it's something i've had to learn over the last couple of years yeah uh, yeah i mean it's 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 different it's it's different in different times so at the moment um 
yeah, I've, I've really in the last couple of years, especially like Ursula, Ursula is really great at this in terms of, she's always said, you got to protect your brand. And I kind of got what she mm-hmm. meant, but I didn't really know what she meant. And so since I now <laughs> am, uh, since I now have really protected, uh, sorry, like sort of formed myself as like a, a clean comic um, and clean is like, it's kind of like, I don't swear and I, I don't really do politics and I don't really, um, uh, do any sort of sexual stuff or whatever and that's not because I don't think that's funny or that you can't get laughter out of that but it's just like I've got a you know a, that's sort of where my comedy lies and since I've sort of gone and down that route it's um, now people expect that of me and so now I have to be a lot more cleverer with my joke choices um, so there's um, there's some like really great jokes that I've written I'm going oh man I wish I could I wish I could do that joke um, because it gets a big laugh. But when it, when it comes from me or it's delivered from me, people kind of like, uh, they just sort of turn off from it and they kind of like, um, they don't. It's not your brand. Yeah, they don't expect that. It's not my brand. And so yeah. things like Seven Days, for example, um, uh, previously was like quite, it's quite full on. It's quite like an R18 show and, and it was, um, you know, it was pretty, it had a, a reputation for being pretty, uh, pretty rude and pretty crude. And then yeah. um, when I was going on those shows, I was having to go into that mold, and it wasn't me. And then so it was, it was a, it was a difficult sort of gear shift because people who you know saw me on that show and liked me, and then would come to my show, would be like, um, they would get a different feel for it, and it's. Um, it's uh yeah so i had to sort of protect that um could it not have worked like the the you know the quote unquote blue and i'm using an american old 1960s the blue comedy uh, com- mm. comedians beside you on the panel being blue and you being clean would that just not have worked in the format of seven days yeah it could have definitely could have worked um but i i didn't know my i didn't know my brand well enough and i kind of was, was transitioning as well um from like mostly clean to uh to to fully clean whilst i was on the show and whilst i was doing the show and so yeah it could have worked but i think if i had really known my brand and really known what i wanted to do i think i would have done it differently i would have pretended not to know what they were talking about when they were going smutty or if i if they did if they did go there i would come in with a real like honest or you know uh or almost like religiously, you know, I'm not Christian, I'm not religious, but I'd have to almost almost lean into that side of it to kind of, you know, pretend, yeah, so that people would know that that's what I was doing as a character. Not a, as a character, but that was what my brand was. But I didn't know it. And I have, the, I have a big philosophy yeah. of, um, of you blame yourself or you blame no one. And so that's not like um, a negative thing. Don't, be, don't beat yourself up. It's not like... You know, it's it's not like woe is me or anything like that. It's not even being really berating myself in any shape or form. What it means is, is like, what could I have done differently to make that better? So, you know, if you don't get the breaks, it's like it's not their fault. It's not someone else's fault. It's like, okay, what could I do better to, to make that happen? And so for me, it was about, okay, well, let's lean into this clean comedy. Where can that go? And then now I've got like a lot more corporate work, a lot more American work, a lot more overseas yeah. work. I've got these different albums coming out. I can now attack the Laugh USA, which is a clean, like, you know, 
comedy channel um when i go do corporate gigs i don't have to change up my stuff at all because it's like tested and in, in, in the clubs and stuff and um and yeah so it's yeah it's it's but but it's um so yeah so that's what what i i would do differently if i was to do that again but i have but but again i had to go through all of that to get to the point where i am now where i go oh now i understand yeah. it because otherwise yeah, no. yeah some people click and it gets it clicks with them early and sometimes sometimes like you have like people like any murphy and all that kind of stuff and and dave chappelle and whoever else at sort of 13 14 or 15 they're like already pretty great comics and then when they get to like 21 22 they're like world beating comics and it's kind of you know um it's 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 just one of those things if when you know you know but you can't you know i try and tell my kids stuff and they go yeah yeah and they just don't you know they it'll either sink in or it doesn't and so for me it's just yeah it's just it's sunk in a little bit um but later in 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 my comedy world but it's good now that i've i've got that brand um and now i'm leaning into it and i've just i'm i'm writing the new hour the new um that's that's leading up to this comedy special and uh taping in june and it's being able to allow me to um to uh chris rock talks about um joke selection he says that there's loads there's a lot there's like this other comic who's like this really great comic and he really rates his comic he says the only difference between chris rock and this other guy is that is his joke selection and what he means by that is like everything well most things that chris rock talks about is within chris rock's sort of brand or um what what he does and so um yeah but i've only just sort of found and and going back to your initial question of who am i to my core my i guess my my thing is is to make um yeah it's just to 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 make as many people as as laugh as i can um using um comp like real life comp like real life situations um and and just sort of yeah making light and shining shining fun on just everyday situations and so much so that everyone can enjoy it and that's sort of the that sort of build everything around at them in terms of my new hours and all that kind of stuff and yeah there's there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of different com- comedians doing different things, but that's just what yeah. that's what I'm focusing on at the moment. Yeah, I think about Jim Gaffigan when I hear you describing yourself. The other thing, and I'm not saying you'd ever do this, I can't even remember what it was. That shows it doesn't have that much of an impact. But when Jim Gaffigan came out and got really grumpy about something, I think through the pandemic, and yes. he swore, totally. and I was like, the whole world went, "Oh my yeah. goodness!" Jim Gaffigan said a sweary word, and actually, the use of yeah. that word at that time had so much more impact coming from him because it wasn't his brand. So I'm not saying that you were late, yeah. you know, loading up to be able to do it at some stage, but it almost being a clean comic gives more power to those words if and when one chose to use them and kind of gives them more gravitas and more weight as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not that I don't find it funny or I don't find yeah. or don't yeah, yeah, use the word or don't use those words or don't think that that you can ever derive comedy from it the exact opposite i mean some of my people who make me laugh so much uh you know um uh you know lean into that kind of comedy but again it's like it's uh, it's the english language it's 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 a part of it and so it's just like use the right 
use the right words at the right time and to emphasize your point and listen it's so it's for me like there's so many jokes which i know could go so better so much better um if i just let go but and it takes me so much longer to write the jokes to get across the Mm. same amount of angst or the same amount of um you know shock i guess as well and surprise um but that day it takes so much longer but and it's not to say that it's easier either to get laugh because it's it's just comedy is just one of this that tightrope of like you know you lean a little bit this way and, it, and you fall over and lean a bit the other way and it falls over so it's not having a go at anyone else it's just i'm just sort of focusing on what i do and so and i'm just being a bit harder on myself and being a bit more disciplined do you ever come up with a joke or a concept that isn't clean and go oh fuck that's really funny yeah. Um, now, how do I make that yes. clean and be as funny? Does that happen? Yeah. Yeah. So, I'll work, oh, yeah, definitely. So, mm. um, yeah, definitely. So, it's not even so much clean either. But some of it is like offensive. So, I'll do right. I'll, I'll tell this joke. Uh, I wrote this joke. Um, I'm doing this bit about uh, there's a couple. There's, there's a, there's a couple. So I wrote this joke, which went, um, about going to work and like, I think it was, I I was like 20 or 21 at the time and it was in around the early two thousands. And, um, I, I just hated this job. I was working at this IT place or whatever. And so I hated this job. And, And so the joke is, have you ever hated a job so much so? Um, that when you were going in there, you wished something really terrible would happen to that workplace. And I remember uh, watching the Twin Towers in 2001, September 11, and I'm thinking to myself, oh man, wrong building. (laughs) And then they would laugh and then I'd go, oh, wrong building again. (laughs) And then so... The whole, and people would, people would go, oh, oh, like that. And it would just be like this, you know, and comics would love it. Oh, that's such a great joke and all that kind of stuff. But whenever I tell it, people go, ooh. And I, there's like, a, there's one that I was, I was doing, I wrote the other day for just people. So, and there's some that go the opposite as well. Like um, some is just like a, a nonchalant, you know, um, everyday occurrence. So there's this joke I'm doing about um, how long is it? how how long is it to like how, how many nights is too many nights to stay over at someone's house and right. so it's just like a you know it's a fun it's a fun little you know thing but everyone's got an opinion on it and the joke i wrote was you know i go to the crowd and they say i say how many and they normally say like two or three nights is the max and i said um listen you know we had these um people come over for a whole week and they didn't bring anything. In fact, they just bought their dirty washing. And the joke is, it's the last time I help out flood victims. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so, from me, I can't tell that joke because when I do, they laugh and it's good. But then I kind of like, it's 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 interesting. It's just an interesting feeling. I only I can sort of like know that like other people go just do it it's fine it doesn't matter but then for whatever reason for the rest of my set it's just a bit like they're either wanting more of that sort of stuff 
Um, yeah, yeah. Which is fine, which is great. Or they they sort of go, oh, they don't know where I'm going, so they feel like you know, you know. Um, yeah and it goes against my ethos of trying to get as many people to laugh as possible so if anyone's like triggered or if anyone's like had experience in the room then they're suddenly thinking about that experience and then i'm all of a sudden i'm like i've lost their 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 um their hold or their attention or what have you and so i just really think about that kind of stuff and uh, yeah like I, I i do stuff that try like i won't say I'll try not to say unless it's really imperative to the joke. I'll I'll try not to say um, now in the last six months or so. I'll try not to say husband or wife. I'll say partner. Oh, uh, right. I'll say um, I won't give um, a friend a, like a, a gender or a, you know or whatever or he or she or whatever. I'll just sort of um, throw out even the if stereotype you, even if you and, know and that's their pronoun. Like if you're talking about a friend and you know they're a he. You still wouldn't you still yeah. wouldn't say he when you're using that example? Interesting. Yeah, I'd say I've got a friend I've got a friend like this. And and the reason why I'm I'm doing that is because um people in the audience may have a friend like that, but it might not be a guy, so they can't relate to it. But instantly they'll put right. if I can frame it in a way that is like um that as many people can can latch onto that or, or fill the gaps as possible but to make it relatable to them, <laughs> then, um, then that's what I'm, tr- I'm trying to, I'm trying to do. So let me, let me ask you this. I'm, uh, this, this is, this is, this is fascinating to me because oh, there's okay. also a push. <laughs> there's a pushback against that from some, especially conservative American areas. And I would think that uh-huh. your comedy actively being clean, mm. uh, clean mm. even though you haven't said mm. there's any religious aspect for you personally, that community mm. would be able to listen to it and enjoy it. But that's also the mm. same community that would push back against, you know, these sorts of themes around partner and them mm. theirs and that kind of stuff. So when you're saying mm. you're wanting to do it to as much people as many people as possible, how do you mm. then weigh up in your head? Like, what if that audience was bigger that wanted he she rather than them there, mm. or that wanted husband wife rather than partner? So you making those choices actually may lessen your audience. How do you go through that in your in your planning? Well, it's because that um, a lot of it they won't know because I've done it in a way because I don't want it to be detrimental to the joke. So, for example, yep. like I won't say, I won't. Um, it, it's kind of like <laughs> it's kinda, it's just going through the old like it's kind going through the old racist jokes. Really, is like you know, did that person in that story need to be Chinese in that story for that story to be funny? Right. It's or right. like you know whatever. And it's kind of like, so you sort it's, it's also like, you know, do you need that many words to tell the joke to get to the punchline? It's like, can I, can I mention, um, yeah, like partner or <clears throat> friend or whatever, um, and get away without actually, um, uh, saying exactly who it is. And it's not because it's like, um, I'm trying to, yeah like step on anyone's toes in fact i'm trying to bring more people in and so yeah so that mm. uh, going to that thing they they won't know but i'm also not um i'm not afraid to then go if it's imperative to the joke like there's a joke that i'm writing at the moment which it's imperative that it's a granddad and it's imperative that he's of a certain age and it's old and it's and he's right. a certain way and he's and he's a little bit backwards and in, in his thinking and he's a little bit 
you know, he's a little bit old school in his thinking. It's imperative that he is that. So I, I call him granddad in the joke because that's the, it has to happen. But if it was like, um, if it didn't need to be, I could just say grandparent and, right. you know, it, it's, it's, it, and it doesn't lose anything from the joke, but they sort of know the rough, you know, the rough stereotype or whatever. But I'm, I'm, there's a, there's jokes that I do that are like, if you actually saw what the subject matter is, you go, oh, you can't do jokes about that. But I do it in such a way that it's, um, not, it's come from a personal space, but it's also, um, it's, uh, it's funny. It's really funny. It's one of my favorite yeah. jokes at the moment because of it, because I'm, I'm treading on this line of like, um, you can't make jokes about this, but I've managed to do it. And, um, yeah. And it's, it's, a, yeah, I, I won't say it because I won't, <clears throat> I won't ruin it because it's going to be in the new special, but, um, of yeah, course. there's, there's, there's lots of that kind of stuff, but yeah. So I think it's just, um, I think with the way that I've been, you know, being hard on myself with the, the, the clean aspect of it, it then sort of it's training for other aspects as well. It's like, well, how, you know, how it's like, it's basically writing hard is, is what Bill Burr calls right. it. <clears throat> he just says it's writing hard. So don't go for the easy, you know, joke. And if, and, and if you think it's there and if you think that's the end of it, then, um, you know, what happens if we put another half an hour, 45 minutes or, you know, whatever into writing that or, or trying it out a different way or a different angle. And yeah, so I guess it's, it's, yeah, putting pressure on myself to, to make it as, as funny as, as, as possible. Um, which is, I mean, which is hard. Yeah. Do you think, uh, completely change of tact here, right? Mm. Um, do you think that AI is a risk to comedy? Have you spent much time looking at chat GPT? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's very tempting, especially when you're writing an hour, because you're just like, write me an hour of stand-up comedy <laughs> and it'll do it for you. Well, um, well, I, well, I did this. I did this. What I've done is I've actually yeah. jumped on uh, chat GPT this morning and I thought we might do one yeah. together as an experiment. And I asked okay, the cool. question, is Nick Grado funny? Right? <laughs> Nick Grado was a New Zealand comedian and comedy writer. He has... His comedy style may be funny to some people and not as funny to others. It's nicely a fence sitting there, eh? As humor is subjective, it can vary from person to person. It is ultimately up to individuals yeah. to decide if they find Nick Grado's humor funny or not. But what yeah. I thought I might do is what about if we did yeah. this, right? So there's the question. Yeah. Is AI a threat yeah. to comedy? What about if I write this? Um, yeah. uh, write me a um, joke never yeah. heard before. And see what oh, it that's says. Interesting. What is it going to say? Sure. Here's one. Why don't scientists what? trust atoms? Because they make up everything. I'm sure that's been said before. I'm sure yeah. that's been said before. Um, yeah. And and, and is, I was. Yeah. I mean, could you? I mean, well, let's do this. Um, if I just put okay. right, you said an hour of comedy. Write an hour of comedy about American politics. And just so people Maybe, know, I, yeah. I haven't I haven't set this up. I don't know what it's going to say. We're not going to no. read it, obviously, no. but we'll see if it goes no. for it or not. A M E R I. What have I spelled wrong there? I don't know. We'll hit enter. Don't know what it is. And Maybe it just, capital A. Maybe. I'm sorry, but as an AI model, oh, I cannot provide an hour of comedy about American politics. However, I can give you some tips on how to write a comedic monologue about American politics. Okay, so there you go. I won't yeah. quite. I won't quite do it. But is this kind of stuff so, going to become? Are we going to see? The result of AI in, I mean, are we already in in comedy uh, comedy clubs around the world? 
Well, I can tell you right now, because I was the head writer for seven days for about seven or eight years. Yep. And if I had had chat GPT in the writer's room, I tell you what, it would have made my life a whole lot easier. The reason being is because I would sit in a room with two other comics and then we would just basically try and come up with about 110, 120 jokes in the, in the room for the, you know, for the show. And then we would pitch them to Jeremy the next day and all that, so on and so forth. You would write the jokes and you would, you would, you know, you, you have, and I used to try and get like maybe two or three really, really great ones and then five or six sort of pretty good ones. And so, um, and that was sort of the aim. So you're sort of aiming between six and 10 jokes per story, um, okay. of, but, but they're really top level. Yeah. yeah. Now what would happen a lot is you get into the room and you, and the two or three brains that were in there would, they would run out of ideas. So they'd run out of angles, they'd run out of whatever, but what chat GPT does or what I would do with that is like, you would say, give me 30 angles about um, like, so for the, say for example, there's a story about um, what was one of the stories this week? Um, I haven't really been following the news, but let's say for example, um, it's a, a bouncy castle company has um, gone, gone into receivership and it owes Going lots bankrupt. of people money bankrupt goes bankrupt you know right. and you just go write me t- write me 10 angles com- 30, comedic angles yeah yeah of- sure here are 30 angles about a bouncy castle going into bankruptcy the company's mascot bouncy castle being repossessed uh customers demand refund for cancelled bookings so this is literal yeah. news ideas an employee's reaction to losing their job oh, but i guess then you could take that but yeah. yeah, so then right. we would take that angle and then we'd write jokes about it. And we'd go, oh, that's a great angle. And they might give us 30, but you, I only need seven or eight angles. And yeah. so therefore that I would be like, so there's a joke that I, there's a bit that I do at the moment, which, so what I use wow. ChatGPT for yep. isn't the fact of, of writing and delivering the standup. What I use it is as a writing partner. So I would say like there's a, uh, there's a bit that I'm doing on escape rooms, which is my, my closing bit at the moment, which is going really well. And I was like, oh, give me angles about escape rooms and all this kind of stuff because they, they like ChatGPT can't get this, this story that I've got and my personal thing. But what it did do, I think it gave me just an angle. Even if, I think it was just a word it used. It was like um, something, I think it was called something about survival or something like that. And I was like, ah, oh, I could use... I could use that angle in to help help flesh out the joke a little bit. Nice. So this is like having a writer that um, doesn't complain <laughs> or doesn't get tired. Slave labor, basically, is what you're saying. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. And so I don't think it's going to replace. I don't think it's going to replace uh, comedy, and I don't think it's going to you know and who knows it might do <laughs> it might come up with really great stuff but the thing with if you write jokes and stuff like that a lot of this is taking it from you know all on the internet so i think there's another ai tool you can go into and it actually tests if it, how 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 plagiarized it is yeah, yeah. or um you know or where and you can even ask jet where did you get this information from give me the references to where it's from and so i would say anyone trying to cheat, like cheat the system like that, eventually you're going to get found out. But what I would say with it is um, 
I feel like comedy is going to get better because you've got these right, like there's no excuse now to like, um, to not have a, a writing partner. Yeah. Um, no, that's you, really interesting. Are, yeah. That's really yeah. interesting. I, I think, um, I think what I hear yeah. you saying is you hear this conversation happening a lot around new technology, even like, like when the sky tower was being built in Auckland, there was all these, especially religious groups going like, Oh, you know, it's immoral. It's, it's like actually technology is neither moral nor or immoral. How we use no. it though can yes. be. And, and I think just yes. to wrap up the, the conversation around chat GPT, I'm going to do one more yes. thing, which is tell me a unique knock, knock joke. See what it comes up with. <laughs> sure. Here's one. Knock, knock. You can do this. Knock, knock. Oh, I can't see it. <laughs> yeah. You can just, you can just do your part. Knock, knock. Oh, oh sorry. Know. Who's there? Yeah. Who's there? Alpaca. Alpaca who? Alpaca the suitcase, you loaded the car. I don't think that's unique either, but. <laughs> I mean, but come there on. You go. Yeah, that's a bit I feel like that's, I've that's been before. done, but I think yeah. it's, uh, listen, it's not, I've, my, um, my son and daughter would, would love that one. But um, I, I think, yeah, I, I, if, I, absolutely. I think it's the way that you use it. And um, I feel like there's going to be people that, that will actually, become very big and very famous from it wow. but there'll be a time where they'll get found out and <laughs> uh they'll be put on the spot or they'll get a big gig and and, and something will happen and they just don't have the chops to it's this it's the south park it. episode yeah. have you seen the south park episode about chat gpt no, all the all no. the boys start using it to write um text messages back to their girlfriends and all their girlfriends right. think, oh my God, this is the most romantic boy yeah. there has ever been. Yeah. And that's just because they're using it. They're using AI. Yes. How should I respond to this text? And they're the most perfect yeah. response. And then they all get caught out. So, so it's kind yes. of a version of that on some level. Yeah, no, but I see, I, I can see how you use it as a writing partner is a great idea. Like to get ideas, because obviously a comedian then needs to turn that premise or that idea or that prompt into a salient joke to entertain an audience, which they can't do. And, and theoretically we should all be doing it differently. So like, you know, f like me, for example, uh, taking that, those bouncy castle, um, you know, ideas and Ursula Carlson taking yep. those bouncy castle ideas, we should go in different directions with it. Um, if we, if we're staying true to our brand and, yep. um, unfortunately though when you're a younger comic and when you're coming up and listen i've been doing this for you know gosh uh coming up to 17 18 years and i've only just found like what i think my brand is in the last year or two <laughs> so <laughs> it's you know it, it kind of uh, yeah it's you you'll find it out but again the only way you can do it is like getting up and then there's writing it is one element but performing it's another element um there's just so many different um ways that you can suck it in <laughs> so yeah so i i do ag i do agree that it's um that it's a that that it's scary but i i actually think it's you know if, if you've i think it's actually going to be amazing it should lift it should lift the standard of comedy to be honest that's cool it's quite exciting when you put it like that actually it's 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 using technology to make things better rather than relying on technology to do the job for you that's what i hear you saying yeah that's exactly it and yeah. um yeah so yeah there shouldn't be any lazy lazy jokes anymore uh so <laughs> hopefully finger, fingers crossed you don't see any of my new special but <laughs> yeah hey um when did you know you were funny like, do you have a moment in your life where you remember kind of going, ah, oh, okay, so the, the gods of comedy have dropped something on me and I can make people laugh? 
Yeah, so I was a, I was actually like, um, I mean, a mute is a pretty pretty harsh word, uh, but I didn't say I didn't say anything. I was so shy. I was so quiet and timid and and small as a as a as a kid. Um, from um, up until I was about fifteen, so I didn't say anything. I I, right. I remember. I think my brother, my family talk about this. Actually, they said that. Um, I didn't even, I couldn't even ask when I was over because I've got an older brother who's like mm-hmm. 10, 11, 12 years older than me. And uh, I was just over at his house when I was like 13, 14, over at his house. And I couldn't even ask him that I wanted a glass of water because I was so shy. Wow. And, um, but I knew that I wanted to be a comic since I was 14. <laughs> and so, but I, and, and like, so whenever I told anyone like that or close friends or whatever, they're like, how the heck are you going to be, you know, you can't even <laughs> ask for your brother for a glass of water. And then, um, I remember there was this, uh, I think I was about, I think I must've been about four, like 14 and a half or something like that. I remember there was this kid called James Livingston who, uh, I'm, I'm mates, really great mates with, um, one of my best mates, um, now. And he, um, he was he was the he was the man he was so funny he was the class clown and everyone and he was so popular because of it and he, you know he um yeah he was just so funny but i remember like hearing his like the stuff that he was doing and i remember i was quite funny but i would always think of something that would be that would top it or that would be funnier to add to it or um or even just be the like funnier than the original thing and I remember just sort of th- like I was just sitting there and like he said something and I go, oh, that like, and I didn't even laugh at it. I was like, oh, that's not even that funny. But the whole crowd was in hysteric, like whole, whole crowd. This is getting me the whole class. That's how I was thinking. <laughs> whole class. <laughs> uh, that's how much I wanted to be a comic. All six of our mates. Wanted, all speaking. six of our mates were laughing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was looking at classrooms as sold out rooms. Um, and uh, yeah, and I remember just going – Oh, no, I reckon that's, you know, I could do better. Anyway, so I think it was an English teacher. She said something. I can't remember what the exact words were. He said something, crowd, the the, um, class laughed. And then I said something, which was was really funny. But because no one expected or no one even heard me say anything before, they just all looked at me like weirdly. (laughs) And it was just this weird thing. And I was just like going, oh, that's didn't that that was like my first joke that bombing almost. That didn't land. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, that didn't land. Yeah, that was a bit lazy. <laughs> uh, and then he, and then it was like a couple a couple minutes later, the same similar thing happened. The teacher said something, and then and then James said something, and people laughed. And then I said to top it, and I said, and then and then this da 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 da, and then the whole cr- class just erupted with laughter and it was so funny <laughs> and even james was like oh my gosh that was so funny where did that come from and i remember that feeling and going oh wow that like you know they they thought that was funny and it was and i, I wish i had it. I, I need to talk to james actually to see if he can remember what i said but <laughs> it's kind of like when i when i first did stand-up comedy that whole eight minutes i know it went really really well but i can't remember a single thing from it it's like i blacked out it wow. was just like this weird thing that just sort of yeah, it was it was such a such a weird moment, surreal moment. But ever but then so from then, I think it was about fourteen and a half, fifteen, 
I then got confidence to go, oh, I've got that one laugh. And then I would say other things and other things wouldn't land, but other, but other things would really land. And then it was like me and James were almost like this double act uh, going on. And, <laughs> um, and then like, I remember instantly after, I think it was a morning, I think it was second period, which was just before interval. And um, after that class, James then invited me, he said, come with me and we went over to like the where the smokers areas where the, the smokers bank or whatever it was where all the cool kids hung out and stuff and james like introduced me to everyone he goes this guy's hilarious he's going to be our new mate and all that kind of stuff and i just remember going oh my gosh i don't fit in or i don't want to be really want to hang out with these people but at the same time this is the cool great group and i've been like i've, I've got i've got a, a leg in and from then on in just things everything in my life seemed to like whenever i was funny or whenever i um, made jokes or made people laugh or made people smile um or made made light of situations things came to me that's how i met my wife that's how um i started my family i've supported my family um it's i've, I've traveled all over the, over the world with it um i've you know had you know beautiful dinners and highfalutin places and then gone up and and performed with people on stage and it's all come from that kid just going hey i think i've, I've got something here and then and then saying saying it out loud and getting a laugh and that's when i knew that i was funny and then from then only good things have happened um from from me leaning into that and so yeah, it's uh, it's been a it's been a heck of a journey, and um, if if I could go back to that fourteen and a half year old and say what I'm up to now, and and say that I'm t- chatting to you and get, saying that I'm going to have a, a second American comedy album going to be launched, you yeah. know, in June, and um, wife and kids, and you know, being able to support my family through comedy and making jokes and stuff, and um, and still working hard, still you know, uh, being being true to yourself and stuff, and that would be a such a I think that that kid would have really needed that <laughs> at 14 and a half, especially after that first joke when it didn't land. <laughs> so this is, this is the part of the conversation we're having where there's tears and that then wins an award. Is that how the prize works? That's the, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. That's what I, that's what I need to put in my festival show. Uh, I quite um, often say like, um, Jared Christmas cracks me up. Um, uh, he said, uh, what did he say about, Sometimes he goes, we have to remember this is a comedy festival, not a feelings festival. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I kind of agree with that. But that's not, again, that's not to say that you can't make really sad stuff or really emotional stuff really funny or really good or really engaging. Absolutely not. Like there's, yeah. like, there's amazing shows out there. In fact, I, d- I did a couple of shows that, 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 that um, told really quite heartbreaking stories, but in a funny way. And... Um, but uh, yeah, it's just interesting that um, uh, sometimes, yeah, and I, and I think I know why, because the festival is such a long time, there's like three or four weeks and like when you start yeah. off in week one or week two and everyone's doing stand up, quick fire, <clears throat> you know, um, everyday observations about stuff, it becomes then like the, I've heard it before. And so when like week three week four of a festival when you see something completely different completely wacky uh or completely emotional or really engaging or something that you still remember or think about you know days or weeks after the show's finished that those shows end up 
like you know winning awards and so they should but then when they take those people or take those shows sometimes what happens is they go oh this person won comedy and then they'll go and do like a, a club set or they'll go do something to a, a completely not their audience and they might struggle a bit because i think they've it's got you've got people coming stressed from work they're worried about babysitters they've come from like almost real life and then they come and sit down and they haven't had those two weeks <laughs> worth of just stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up to get used to it. To then get to that and uh, that that natural step to to get to that to that level. So, yeah, it's 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 inter- it's interesting. And I think a lot of comics that um uh, who win awards and stuff like that, they're so good, uh, they're so good at writing those festival shows. And I think that they'd even admit themselves that they would have a festival show and then they have like a club set, like a club. 15, oh, okay. 5, 10, 15, 20. Yeah. And I think that they would, and sometimes they can boil it down into that thing from that one show. And sometimes they go, Oh, you know what? That show is just as it only, it can only exist as that show because, you know, there's so many intricate parts that need it, need to be in it. And so, yeah. And so I think that's my sort of, sort of ethos again, you know, for me, like it's that whole thing of, um, uh, uh like, I can only concentrate on what I'm, I'm doing and things like that. And, For sure. you know, um, so I think, um, yeah, each to their own and good, good on people with, you know, to, to try and make fun or to try and try and find laughter in as many things as you can. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, just, it's, it's, yeah, it's just interesting that, um, uh, going back to our original thing of the American, um, model is just club set tracks on a tracks on a, a radio album or what have you um like even the dry bar special that i did it was only 30 minutes it was it was a 30 minute special and um some of the youtube stuff that's coming out now which people are self-producing and things they're mm-hmm. like you know you'll see the time slots and stuff and it's like 42 minutes or 38 minutes or they just release a crowd work special or what have you and i just feel like yeah i'd rather watch 42 minutes of absolute crushing stand-up yeah then an hour um because a network has said that's what the time we need to fill <laughs> yeah no i i hear that i also am, am reminded of uh dave Chappelle, one of his first three kind of comeback stand-ups when he talked about like you're talking about you know tragedy or sad moments and making it funny and he, he told the story about uh, a black teenager in the 1950s being murdered for whistling at a white woman and yeah um it's it's a yeah. horrific story and if people go and look that up and they yes. look up the story there are photos of his open coffin online and that's what he was basically yeah. doing he talks yeah. about the kid's mother was a gangster because she left the coffin open so everyone could see what the people did to her son it's a hor- mm-hmm. horrific story and he does it in a stand-up routine yeah. and it works it's amazing when you yeah. see it actually work yeah. it's just it's, just, it's un- unexplainable absolutely absolutely but then you, you get that same story or that same joke, even if you, you know, copied it word for word and you did it on an open mic night on a Monday in front of seven <laughs> people or, you know, or, a, or go to a, you know, an RSA on a Saturday or, you know, wherever and, and try and, and try and go with that gravitas and, and, you know, and, and get the same result. It's, yeah it's tricky. It's really tricky. And, um, yeah. and if you can do it, gosh, man, so skilled but um yeah and like for me as well like how do you how does he work that bit up (laughs) 
you know, yeah. how does he, how does he, how does he test that, you know? And so, but that's him, you know, having an audience and um, people trusting him and, and doing what he does and stuff. And, you know, whatever you think of him or as his style or his comedy or what have you, but um, yeah, you have to sort of admire um, the skill set to be able to, to, to talk about those sure. kind of things and to be able to make it funny. I think trust is it. I mean, I think trust is it. The word you've used trust a few times and I've heard you talking. I've thought, oh yeah, because your audience mm. trusts you. So in other words, if you're going to go outside your brand, it's like, hang on, but they trust you not mm. to do that. So they trust. So I think trust is one of the things mm. I'm learning is trust in stand-up comedy is a massive thing. Hey, look, thanks for joining us today. Just to wrap up, um, you've talked a few times about this new special you're filming or recording. Is it the special that yep. people will see at the comedy yep. festival? Okay, so tell us about it. We've got it up on the screen for people who are watching. And this is what's going to be recorded in June, but being performed through May. Yeah, pretty much. So uh, so I, I'm going to be doing Christchurch, um, Wellington, and Auckland. Um, and yeah, so it's called Radology. And it's basically, um, it's going through, it, I, I look back at my uh, Maori and uh, Croatian heritage to understand why I go for the funniest thing and not necessarily that what the, the right thing to do is <laughs> and so um <laughs> and so uh which gets me into some pretty awesome stand-up stories but also it's kind of like potentially you know is that the best thing for uh for, for for my family and for everyone around me and stuff like that but um yeah so this will be part of and then what i'm going to do is i'm going to record it um uh in june the 9th and 10th and I'll, I'll announce that where that is a little bit later but um yeah so but tickets are on sale for christchurch wellington and auckland now and yeah this and so i'm i've been yeah this is this is going to be my best work this is the amazing this is yeah this is shaping up to be um really really great so i've um normally i'll have like one or two like really like kind of oh this is you know some great memorable moments and stuff but this one is uh yeah there's there's like three four five like really great great set pieces i guess you you would call it um so yeah if you've been a fan of my other stuff you're going to really love this show i think this is going to be the best version of it so nick rado radology you can go to um my instagram handle which is i think in my um my little uh name tag i don't know if it's yeah that's it at nick rado comedian and then just if you click on the link it just says uh link tree and then it just takes you to really easily to all the tickets and uh, podcasts and and whatever other bits and pieces are going, and obviously when the dry bar special goes up, I'll, I'll chuck a link in there too. So yeah, follow there, and, and you should be up to date. And nickrado.com if they want to find out more about you. Hey Nick, thank you so much for jumping in today and having a chat. It's been one of the ones I've no been worries. looking forward. It's interesting how often your name is mentioned by other comedians for being like precise and tight and observationally so good. So. Uh, there are a oh, lot amazing. of people within the oh, industry well. and outside that are looking to you and, and um, I'm really pleased to give us some time to have a chat about comedy on Let's Talk Funny. Amazing. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, I wish I had to be more precise and tight with my answers. <laughs> <then>. <laughs>